This is our third episode of our Kids Gardening Podcast, and we're very excited to have our special guest. Um, we have a special guest, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Um, we've learned from all she does from um, Instagram and following her on Instagram, and it turns out that um, we have a lot in common, um, not only what we're trying to accomplish with our objectives surrounding engaging kids in gardening, but also within our how we got into gardening ourselves. So without further ado, um, our special guest, please introduce yourself. Hi. Well, first off, thank you guys for having me today. My name is Lauren Leggett, and I run an education resource center called the Country Schoolhouse on my husband's family farm called Beaver Creek Farm. We are located about 10 miles outside of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We are on about a 50-acre grass-fed beef farm that was started by my father-in-law. And we moved down about seven years ago to take over the farm after he passed away. And um, when we moved down here, I knew nothing about farming. I had never grown a garden. I had never uh, taken care of a large animal. <laughs> I really had no idea what I was getting into, but in the back of my mind, most of my childhood and adult life, I had dreamed of living out in the country and living on a farm and being self-sufficient. So uh, when we moved down here, I was really excited to start learning. And I realized very quickly that it was kind of an overwhelming experience to just Google farming and trying to learn tips and how to garden because I learned that there are so many different ways to do gardening, animal raising, all these different things. And everyone has a different opinion. And so it was so hard to know where to start and who to go with. But over time, from just trial and error, uh, we began learning. And when we didn't move to the farm, uh, we chose to start homeschooling our son. I was a licensed teacher and had taught for about six years at that point. My husband was also um, just coming off of a teaching job. He had taught physics at the math and science school in Columbus, Mississippi. And so we just decided with this opportunity of moving to the farm that we wanted to take a year to homeschool our son. And we didn't know at that point if it would be a long-term thing or just for a year, but I uh, thought as we made this big transition of moving from town to the farm, it would be a good time to try it. Um, and it just worked for us. Um, our son is definitely a nature kid. He loves to be outside. He has a lot of energy and it just worked for our family to do school for an hour and then work outside for an hour and school for 30 minutes, work outside for 30 minutes. And so um, as we kept growing our little garden and getting chickens and different things, uh, we met people in the homeschool community that would find out we had a farm and they wanted to know if they could bring their kids out to our farm to uh, look at our garden or see our chickens and just learn a little bit about farming. And so we never set out to uh, start our own education resource center, but the longer we were here, this idea just kind of grew organically with my husband and I's background as educators and uh, the need that seemed to be in our community for more ag education opportunities. Um, we, we then came up with this brainchild of the country schoolhouse. Uh, a big part of what kind of lent the idea to this uh, 
my first two years of teaching, we lived out in a very rural location in Montana, and I taught at a two-room uh, public school that just had 10 kids, ages kindergarten through eighth grade, and my husband, myself, and our two-year-old son lived in the teacher department attached to the school, and we were very far out, and most of the 10 kids at our school were from local ranches in the valley, and I was just really intrigued the whole time that I taught at this school about how the ranch kids could just grasp certain math and science concepts that I'd never seen kids grasp at that age before because they had seen it in a hands-on learning environment on their ranches. And so that really stuck with me. So when we had that opportunity to move to the farm, that was kind of a driving force behind trying a year of homeschooling with our son as I wanted to see if I could implement that ag education as well. And then come to find out lots of people were interested in that. So when we created this place, uh, it started out as a little part-time thing, but it has quickly in uh, now our fifth year in operation grown to a full-time business. Uh, we have classes for kids ages four all the way up to 18. We break our kids age groups up into five different uh, groups so that we have multi-age classing and classes. And we do educational experiences that we try to integrate as much ag education into as possible, but not every single class that we have here is ag-based. I mean, we do have music class and art class, but the thing is the school is located on our working living farm. So we are registered as agritourism business as well. And uh, when kids are on their recess break, they are outside playing kickball next to the chicken coop and they are taking their lunch scraps out to our goat and pig pen or putting them in our compost bin. Uh, they're setting up their checkerboards on the picnic table near the worm bin. So it's all about the exposure and the environment as much as the teaching experiences as well. But uh, this place has just really become our passion over the last four years. Like I said, now starting our fifth year, we have um, doubled our number of students enrolled at our facility uh, because as we have learned year by year, the need for ag education is huge and people are really wanting to get involved in it, especially want their kids involved in it. They're just not really sure where to look for that or where to go for it. So we try to be a resource in our community for educational agricultural experiences. Wow. That is just a, all I can say is, wow, that's pretty, pretty cool. Now, <laughs> okay. um, what, as I, as I listen to you say all this, I can see that, you know, besides the ag education, these are life skills. Um, you're teaching yes. life skills um, in which if they want to venture out, um, let's say they want to leave th where they live right now mm -hmm. um, and they want to go elsewhere, they're going to learn skills that can be transferred to anything because, Absolutely. you know, you, you're, you're, you're saying, you know, ag education, but the way I look at it and I'm in, a, I'm a public school teacher. Um, I am in, in what I still considered suburban area. Uh -huh. I, I see that what I try to teach, I teach life skills. Um, I'm a health, physical education, garden teacher, but I incorporate units of uh, language art because I teach them new languages, new words that they didn't know before. Um, I teach them um, science because we do a lot of experiments in our class. Really? And I also teach math because we talk a lot about math and and in creating basic um, um, uh, equations that are going to uh -huh. be transferred into anything in life. Yes, I I tell the kids that come out here that 
you know, even if you don't plan to grow up and be a farmer, uh, that you should care about and know where your food comes from, how it is raised, how it got there. And, uh, you know, it is so important to integrate these um, language arts and other subjects into our um, life skills kind of classes. Uh, when I did teach at the small school in Montana, we had a little newspaper and I had one student who hated writing would tell me constantly he just wanted to be on the ranch. He did not want to be at school. He didn't see the point of being at school because he was going to be a rancher and he didn't need this. And uh, we were able to come together and find a topic that... Uh, that time with wolves, the reintroduction of wolves into the valley. Uh, and some people were for it, some were against it, and some ranchers were trying to petition the um, state government to make some changes on this. And so we had a long talk about, well, if this is a problem and you can't go up there and talk to them in person, how are they going to know how you feel? You got to write it down. So you need to come to my school. You need to be here every day and learn these school things so you can take care of these ag things later. <laughs> That is that is fantastic. That is really cool. So one, the, I truly appreciate that you you sharing the story because that's going to um, connect with a lot of the audience. Hopefully, um, that you don't need to be a farmer. You don't need to right. be um, a, a have vast experience. All you need to have is desire to make an impact. Correct. And that's how I feel. You know, you can become. You can become a subject matter expert. All you want to do, all you need is the desire of becoming a subject matter Absolutely. expert. So with that said, you know, our, our podcast, we want to make sure that um, we focus on a subject. We want to focus on a, mm -hmm. a, a resource that we give back to, you know, parents, grandparents, uh, guardians, for them to do hands-on activities um, with, their, with their little ones um, at home that it can involve um, either either you, you re repurposing items that they already have. Um, yes. You know, if they have little space, they can create their own garden. Many people think that they have to have, you know, a raised bed in order to have a garden. In reality, they don't. Oh, yes. So, I based on our conversation, you were you you know you and I shared um, ideas, and you brought up one thing that I thought it was really cool which is a seed link starter and recycle material um and i wanted to to see if you can 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 share some of the details of how is that you present sure. this to your to your students um yeah. how is that you you use this for for them to to get experience and learn um and then at the same time repurposing items that we all have at home yes so uh the community we lived in prior to moving to where we live now, uh, they had local um, recycling pickup at our home. And I love that. Uh, I love to be efficient. So I loved feeling like I was not uh, putting things in the trash that I could find new purposes for them. It kind of became a game for me almost. And when we moved here, there was nothing like that. So I had to figure out how could I repurpose some of these things uh, and I started with just composting, um, just saving all of our kitchen scraps and things and making a compost pile. Uh, I don't know how many of you out there do composting or save your kitchen scraps, but a third of the trash that is in the landfills in the world 
is uh, biodegradable things that could have gone into a compost pile and then the nutrients reabsorbed into the earth. So I am a huge proponent of uh, saving your kitchen scraps, either making a compost pile, making a compost bin out of an old ice cream bucket. You can do this on your kitchen counter. Uh, super easy. You can use a Rubbermaid bin outside your back door. Uh, composting is not a hard thing. It's basically just saving any organic matter that comes out of your kitchen. Um, but uh, in that sense, uh, I saved every milk jug, paper towel roll, toilet paper roll, anything that I thought from my home I could possibly repurpose into something else. And so I had been saving these for craft projects and different things around the farm. But I eventually started finding some really cool uh, gardening things that I could do with them. Uh, as I said, it's been a trial and error for me since I moved out here seven years ago of how to start gardens. Do I want to start from seeds? Do I want to start from seedlings? Um, and I will say if you're a first time gardener, uh, and you are just wanting to give it a go for a little bit there, I might say start with uh, a seedling starter from a store. But if you really want to get going with your own seeds and create your own, all you have to do is save your toilet paper rolls, cardboard rolls, or your paper towel cardboard rolls, and uh, you can use those to start your seeds in. Um, tried doing seedlings. I got just save my little plastic cups from the previous year from the store. But I had a really hard time transplanting the plants from the little plastic containers into the ground without shocking them or damaging them. And so uh, I felt like there had to be a better way. And uh, then I got into composting more. And when I saw on the list of things that you could compost was cardboard, I thought, well, there you go. <laughs> so what we came up with was we took our cardboard toilet paper rolls, cut them in half to where they're about two inch little sections, and we stacked them in. We had just some leftover uh, pie pans and uh, casserole pans that uh, we used for um, other projects at the schoolhouse. Uh, so we took these pans filled them with these little two inch cardboard rolls. Uh, and then once we had the whole pan full, we just took potting soil and filled up all the little holes. We didn't even have to take a like dip them um, pod. All you have to do is basically shake and pour your dirt over the top and then shake your pan a little bit till it kind of evens out. Uh, and then the students poured water over the top because it's really important to have that good moisture, uh, moist soil when you're starting your seeds. And so uh, as the students then cut their rolls, stacked them in the pan, filled them with dirt, then we added water. And once we got to that point, then we read the backs of the seed packets. That's something a lot of people don't realize is that all the instructions of planting are on the back of your seed packets. And it tells you how deep down you need to plant your seeds. So our students took rulers and popsicle sticks. They measured out on their popsicle sticks what a fourth of an inch down would be or a half inch, depending on what we were planting. And they used that then as their uh we call it their diggy stick for lack of a better, more scientific term. And they would dig their hole for their seeds and they would go just the depth of where the line was marked on their popsicle stick. So they knew they didn't go too deep. We talked about uh, the issues that you would have if you plant your seed way too far down. I said, imagine being covered under uh, 20 to 50 blankets in the morning. It'd be really hard to get out of bed if you were covered by that many layers. So think of your seed as a baby. You just want to lightly put a little gentle blanket on it for it to grow. Covering your seed with way too much dirt and packing it down is going to make it almost impossible for them to start out. 
So get your seed just gently right under the soil, lightly cover it, and you don't have to add any more water to it at that point. Just dig it somewhere in the sunshine where it can begin to grow. And the best part about watering these things as they begin to grow is that you do not have to take a measuring cup or anything special to measure each individual little paper towel roll. You can just add water to the corner of your pan and it is absorbed all throughout your pan uh, through those little cardboard rollers and through the dirt that's uh, left around the edges of your pan. So then once we uh, got those started, we started a graph. We marked down the date that we um, planted. When they came back two weeks later, we noted that they had germinated and grown. And then two weeks later, when they came back for their next class, we planted those into our actual garden, our raised bed gardens. And it was very, very easy because the students, all they had to do was take their shovel, scoop up the little pod of the toilet paper roll with the paper with the dirt in it and the plant and uh now you did want to get your hole dug first because they are open-ended on the bottom so if you just try to pick up the paper towel roll itself it's just gonna slide right out with the soil coming out the bottom so you have to kind of scoop it up but then you can just gently set the whole paper towel roll with your st seedling starter in it into the dirt cover the paper towel roll uh, up to the edges with the dirt and it will over time dissolve into your soil uh, and break down. But there's way less stress on your plants than as you're moving them from their starter uh, zone into their um, your raised bed garden or your in-ground garden or a pot in your kitchen if you're uh, growing in an apartment somewhere. Anywhere that you want to plant these, they are uh, it's way less stress, like I said, on your plant, your seedling, and you have a much higher uh, um, success rate if you do not damage or shock your plants too much as you're moving them from one location to another. Because you got to think every time you're moving that little seedling, you're disrupting its roots a little bit, and the least uh, less you can do that, the better. So uh, we got our started in our raised bed gardens. We did turnips this way and we did radishes and we have been charting growth. Uh, we did today as we went out to take our measurements, realized that something has not gone very well with our turnips. Growth went down. We could see that on our graph. They, they are not growing as well, but the radishes are flourishing. So we're going to do a little investigating and try to figure out why one bed worked and one didn't because we did the exact same seedling starter style. Uh, each team did uh, their paper towel rolls, the same soil, same water, same amount of sunlight. Uh, but for some reason, our turnips did not transplant as well as our radishes. So uh, don't be afraid to fail. That's, That's the advice. That is, that is the, and that is the rule of thumb. You know, the, I, I think that when, when I when I'm working with our students, I I I encourage them to try and failing is an opportunity. And failing is is an opportunity for you to make changes and and correct what you have control of. Um, Absolutely. You know the beauty. One of the things, and for those that are at home and listening to this, that, that I I I truly love to grow radishes and turnips, or specifically radishes, because germination rate is quick, mm -hmm. and the yield rate har harvest um, period is very quick. So if you want a quick turnaround to showcase germination and, and to showcase all the stages, radish is the perfect seed to, to, to plant because you can, you can grow them, you can eat them, and you, know, you pretty much, you can eat the actual radish, you can eat the radish top, as well as the turnips, you can eat the top. So it's a great opportunity. And the good thing about your example of using the paper roll is the fact that we all have that. We all have yes. that at home. 
Who doesn't and I've have said it? that we use potting soil, but I have gone out in my yard and dug up some soil and started some my own seeds with that before when I didn't have time to go get soil from the store. So you do not have to spend a lot of money to get a small garden started. You can do a um, kitchen sink windowsill uh, herb garden with um, a $2 pack of seeds and some dirt from outside and an old milk jug. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I actually used uh, at our school, um, I did a, a day where I, I collected all the, the milk cartons from all the students uh-huh. and uh, I had hundreds of them. And I planted a, a bush bean, uh, 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 green beans. Uh-huh. And we planted direct and we used soil from, we had a, um, we ordered some soil from a local nursery garden shop and we, we, we planted uh, the beans and within days they germinated. We just dug some holes and some students forgot to dig, um, put, put holes underneath for the drainage uh-huh. and, uh, and those didn't grow as well as the others. Um, because the soil was saturated with water. So it's a, there's a lot of opportunity to do testing and trial. You know, you can create um, 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 an A and B and C sample so that you can compare one and the other. You can use soil from sea starter soil versus soil from um, your garden versus um, um, a, a different type of soil. You can use a, a, a clay or a sandy. So you have so many opportunities to, to incorporate science, math, and have an entire oh, yeah. lesson associated with that. So that is pretty cool. And one of the things that we'll do, um, Lauren, is that we'll, we'll include all the details. I know you shared with me a lot of the information um, w- regarding this project and some photos. I will include that on, on, on the, on the on the show notes of the of the podcast for for people and i'll put the information um of your of your uh of your school of the the, the, we have a Mm -hmm. instagram page and a facebook page and we have our a website that talks about uh explains stuff about us too so any if anybody ever has any questions you're welcome to uh ask us we're happy to share anything that we do here or that we have learned here this is definitely not it may be a business but it's not necessarily a huge money making business we're in the business of spreading educational opportunities so if you have questions if there's anything you see on our website or facebook that you'd like to replicate with your kid just email us uh message us on facebook we are happy to help any way that we can and that is that is uh, well appreciated i love that and that's the, that's my model and i that's why i think that we have so many things in, in similarity is that the fact that, you know, we want to share, we want to grow, you want to get more kids, you know, overarching goal is to get more kids involved. You know, I, I use the, 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 the sentence with my students and I have it displayed is the fact that I'm here to make better people. Um, right. And the yes. objective is I to agree. create better, better people, which will become better parents which will become better employees, better employers, you know, overarching, you're just changing people. And yeah. I think that, you know, from, you know, people say you just want to plant a seed. Um, I think that we can do that with, with our, with our, the future generation, we can just help them plant a seed and uh, um, I, 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 and see them grow and see them develop. Yes. So this is, this is, you know, a little project, simple project, but can have great outcomes and, and make a, 
a great impact into into you know the lives of those that go through it because again i concur a lot of kids at, at this day and age don't know um where where the the fruits and vegetables that they're consuming is coming from furthermore you know you're in the you're 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 located in a place that i would say all your kids are exposed to farming in some way or another you know many of students that are in 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 in, in suburbia and cities they don't get exposed to it. I, I was just sharing a video with my students of, of uh, we do hydroponic gardening. And I was sharing a video of students in, 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 in New York and the Bronx. You know, a lot of these kids may see trees along their sidewalk as they're walking, but they don't have the luxury as we have that we're surrounded by vegetation and greenery. So, oh, yeah. so ah. there, we, we, we sometimes take for granted what we have and yes. opportunities we, we we can make an impact. So, I I I I, I applaud what you're doing. And um, well, I appreciate and I, that. We did start opening up summer camps uh, a couple of years back, and we do some farm biology camps in the summer. And so we get a lot of kids who are from the city, not necessarily. Like we had a child that actually his mom drove up from New Orleans last year and stayed in town for the week because she wanted him to come to this ag camp because he had just never experienced anything like that in New Orleans. And uh, that just kind of blew me away that people had heard of us that far away, but that there were people that far away that would drive here because they just want their kids to have that experience because we go fishing while they're here that week. And I have also um, taught a lot of kids how to bait a hook, even though I didn't know how to seven years ago. <laughs> but I do remind every kid that comes through this door that, Seven years in your lifespan now may seem like a long time. In my lifespan, it's a short time. But just seven years ago, um, I I asked the question. Um, so just the just the boy cows have horns, right? Not the girls. And my husband laughed at me, and I realized I had a lot to learn to be a farm girl. Long <laughs> way. I helped uh, deliver a calf last year, and I thought I've made it. I'm a farm girl now. So you don't have to have a farm or deliver calves to uh, be interested in ag. You, like I said, you can do these little paper towel things. In um, oh, also another great one is if you buy eggs that come in the cardboard cartons, uh, cut the top off of that and just use the bottom tray. Um, put your dirt in that. You can start seedlings in those too, and you can cut them apart when it's time to put them in the dirt, and they dissolve just like the paper towel rolls. So that is so cool. It's an easy, <laughs> easy way to create, especially those those vegetables that that can be you know inter two. Going back to radishes, you can have yes. you know twelve radishes um, in in that tray. And one of the one of the neat things that can be done because of you know one of the things that I'm talking to my students now is in um, you know, the, the, the um, planning and looking at what you're consuming. So, yes, you can get a packet of seeds for radishes and a packet can have 100 radishes, but you're not going to be eating 100 radishes. Right. So looking at, OK, if I'm going to just going to consume this, this is just for my family and you're going to be planting seeds for your family. You can have that same egg carton tray. You can start uh, the seeds day then mm -hmm. next thursday you do another four radishes so you can eat radishes and you go that and continue that pattern every week you plant them and you can have radishes for months fresh radishes that you're harvesting for months 
And I know. It's so awesome. <laughs> with one packet, with one packet and using that carton, you can have, you know, three, three weeks of, of, of servings of radishes. And, you know, I'm sure if you put a call out for anyone who have, has milk cartons or paper towels, I'm sure you'll have lots mm -hmm. of friends that can come up and say, oh, I have some, I'll save them for you. Yes, we put out a message on our Facebook page to all of our parents asking for paper towel rolls. And within two weeks, I had about 100 paper towel rolls that had been dropped off at the schoolhouse. So, you know, you might want to put a number on how many you want. But uh, yes, that's something that everybody had in their household, pretty much. That's awesome. That's awesome. And again, Lauren, I'll, I'll put all the details. I'll put your Facebook your Instagram and your website online on the, on the show notes of the podcast. Um, again, you, 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 I encourage everyone to follow you. I follow you on Instagram and on Facebook and it's a, it's a delight to see the photos and see the activities that you're doing, you know, capture ideas and, and Thank just you to so put much a for enjoying following your y'all's Instagram and seeing all the things that y'all are doing. I'm really interested in y'all's hydroponic gardening. That's one thing I have not ventured into yet. So I have been following that closely and can't wait to hear more about that. Absolutely. Anytime again, you know, anytime you're in town, you come visit. It's a fun activity. Um, we have three indoor hydroponics with lighting systems and two outside. And it's just a it's just fun to to use the science and do some experiments when I'm testing the waters um, just to make sure the water is healthy with measuring the pH or power of hydrogen. So we can spend a lot of time talking about that. Perhaps we can do another episode on that. Sure. But again, Lauren, thank you again and truly appreciate oh, you're it. welcome. Thanks for the invitation. I enjoyed it. <laughs> All right, Lauren. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you have any suggestions on topics or if you would like to be a guest, Please comment below, send us a note via the platform. We will love to have a conversation, continue exploring opportunities, and also provide tips and tools for parents, grandparents, guardians on how to engage kids with nature, explore science, math, and other experiments, getting our hands dirty, and playing in our garden. Until then... Coach Rowe here. Have a fantastic day.